podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I am your host, the birthday boy of the hour, by the way. You don't like it. You wouldn't let me say happy birthday this morning, so that's not fair. You're welcome. I try. I try. <sighs> Pissing people off one person at a time. That's my job. I was going to say, that's why I said happy Sunday when I came in this morning. I feel old as shit, honestly, because it feels like my 20s were seriously like yesterday. Well, you know, and that's just it is because I remember when I was a kid that, you know, I'm Tammy, by the way. Hi, everybody. Oh, yeah. Let's introduce ourselves. I'm Scott Alexander. Across from me is Tammy Underwood. Hi, everybody. But I remember when I was younger, um, a friend of our, you know, a friend of the family, he was like 20 some. And I and that's when I went around asking everybody how old they were. I go, how old are you? I think I was like maybe six or five or six. And he goes, I'm 22. And I said, 20s old. Now I'm like <laughs> wishing I was twenty again. Well, it's taken me till you know to my forties to figure out that when I was in my teens and my twenties, I thought I knew everything, and I don't know shit. Well, see, it's not that I thought I knew everything; I could do everything. You know what I mean? Oh, I was shit! Very yeah. athletic back then. I used to run a mile a day. I was Can actually wearing this today, and then we'll get into the to what we're featuring. Is yeah, like all this week, my my. Joints have been all stiff and things. Yeah. No fucking reason because I'm, I'm active and I, can, I get, you know, I'm You are pretty lot. active compared to me. Yeah, and fucking, but yeah, all week my joints have been like, oh, slow down, old man. Oh, yeah. does that hurt? I'm like, yeah, that fucking hurts. There's no reason for it to hurt. Yeah, because in high school and shortly after high school, too, I used to run a mile a day. I mean, I was very active, athletically active in high school and everything. You know, I was talking about the other day and now it's just like, damn, if I even think about running somewhere, I'm like, no. I will tell you, I don't run unless somebody's chasing me. And I know you've person... often told me if I see you running, I better fucking turn around and run too. Because <laughs> God, something you're bigger in and trouble. better than me is chasing me. <laughs> and you don't want to be in the path of whatever that thing is. Right. Be Godzilla. Right. <laughs> or a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, or a charging Sasquatch. <laughs> All right. So today is our medical Monday. And actually, my birthday was on Sunday, yesterday, or day before. When the fuck was my birthday? I don't know how we're lining these up anymore. Anyway. Your birthday would be the day before if it was on Sunday, and it is now Monday. Well, I don't know if we're featuring this Monday or next Monday, but anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be next Monday. So, yeah, so My we're bad. a week out on this one. Yeah. So I'm featuring uh, Dr. Kermit Gosnell, and here's my opening thought. The Hippocratic Oath was set forth to protect life. Do no harm. I'll say, I, I will say that I am pro-choice, however. What Dr. Gosnell did goes way beyond what anybody should consider as an abortion. This is this sick, twisted and heartless demon took it upon himself to. Well, you'll see. Yeah. Like that soap opera cliffhanger. Yeah, I kind of did. You're like getting a little bit better at this. I'm working on it. You know, I'm kind of proud of you lately. Lately. Dr. Kermit, like the frog. Baron Gosnell was born February 9th of 1941 into an African-American family because he was black himself. It was like like he was a white kid being born to African-Americans. No, no. And you know when I first heard his name? I thought he was German, honestly. Not me. Really? Kermit Gosnell doesn't sound like a German name? I thought he was a frog. No, he's not a bullfrog. (laughs) Like Jeremiah. (laughs) (laughs) He was the only child of a gas station operator and a government clerk. 
and I was unable to find the names of his parents, by the way, but he was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So was his dad the government worker or his mom? His mom. Oh, okay. So, you know, wow. the, these aren't exactly white-collar jobs so much. This is No, usual, it's blue-collar, but blue I'm collar. surprised that the... What year was that? In the 1940s. Yeah, I'm surprised that the woman had the better, you know, more prestigious job there. Well, I can't imagine her in the 40s pumping gas. I mean... No, but in the 40s, isn't that what you said? Yeah, that's 1941 when he was born. Yeah, because it was rare for a woman to have such a prestigious job back then. Well, I also want to keep uh, keep this in mind, everybody, is that it is the 1940s. And that was a tough time for African Americans in the U.S. Oh yeah, very tough time. I we're, mean, we're coming out of uh, war, you know, the war, and well, we'll get into that here in a minute. <laughs> With that said, he was at the top of his class uh, at the city's Central High School, this wow. is in Philly. Um, and when he graduated in 1959, he went on to Dixon College to earn a bachelor's degree. Okay, West Philly. And it's just at Central High School. And oh. then he went over to Dixon College. He was College. in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Oh, uh, <laughs> Fresh Prince. Sorry, I, get I just, it. I've been like. We just finished lunch and my brain is like. <laughs> well, it's, it's not just it's that. It's We've been food. laughing all morning. That's true. So then he went off to Jefferson Medical School where he graduated in 1966. So my side notes. I put pretty impressive for an African-American during this time period. Yeah, during that time period, that is impressive because it was very rare for them to be able to get into college anyways, unless it was a historically black college. And I put down, you're the only child of a guy who operated a gas station and a mom who was a clerk. Not the best paying jobs that, uh, not the best paying jobs, and yet Dr. Gosnell managed to rise above that and he became a doctor. And I'm a firm believer in giving back to society, um, if you can. And Kermit did just that, by the way. Yeah. Well, and not just that is, you know, he probably went on scholarships, too, I'm assuming. Uh, maybe. I don't know what the scholarship situation was back then. No, but, you know, because you would figure if his parents were just blue collar, unless but they had a good... Were there really scholarships for blacks back then? Yeah, kind of, you know, especially like... Because I don't know if the university he went to, I'd have to research it, was a historically black university. They were very big on giving scholarships to African-American individuals because they wanted to give them an education. Oh, sweet. I didn't know that. Anyway, Dr. Gosnell practiced medicine in some of the most impoverished areas in Philadelphia. Okay. He even opened up the uh, Monta Halfway House for drug addiction in the Monta neighborhood of Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Which was a very impoverished area. Right. That's good. And this was near, pretty close to where he grew up. Um, He also opened a teen aid program on top of that. Oh, wow. So he was giving, right from the get-go, he was giving back. Yeah. I mean, especially in the, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, ghetto hood. Right. He's in, he's, yeah. It's not even for uh, lack of a better phrase. Dude, he's like in the straight-up hood, man. Yeah. Well, because, you know, Snoop Dogg talks about it all the time, how he, he raised, he got up out of the ghetto. Yeah. You know? I don't listen to Snoop Dogg because I listen to real music, but okay. <laughs> Dude, you'd smoke a blunt with him. I would smoke a bowl with him. Fuck yes. That's all I'm saying. And so far, it seems like he has the best of intention and he really wants to help. However, there was a more sinister side to the good doctor. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't be featured here today. Exactly. Or, or, we or, wouldn't be talking about him on this podcast. Or after that last paragraph, I bet, hey, that's the end. Have a good day. Okay, we're out. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. 
In the 1970s, after a stint in New York City, New York, he became an advocate for abortion and opened up an abortion clinic on Lancaster Avenue, once again in, uh, in the, hood. The, the Mantua, I'm sorry, Mantua area of Philadelphia. Okay. Dr. Gosnell told the Philadelphia Inquirer, a newspaper, as a physician, I am very concerned about the sanctity of life. But that is precisely the reason why that I provide abortions for women, for women who want and need them. Now, was that after Roe versus Wade or before? I don't remember when that was. I would think that'd be before, but I can't remember. Yeah. To be honest. Was the good doctor telling the truth at the time, or was there something a bit darker on his mind? <laughs> I need more sound effects. In the same year, he also performed 15 televised second trimester abortions using an experimental wow. supercoil method invented by Harvey Carman. The coils were inserted into the uterus where they caused irritation leading to the expulsion of the fetus. However, complications from the procedure were reported by nine of the women, with three of these reporting severe complications. The supercoil experiment by Gosnell has been dubbed the Mother's Day Massacre by some. Wow. It was also said that Dr. Gosnell was a prolific, uh, prolific subscriber of Oxycontin, which is a heavy-duty painkiller and narcotic. Wow. So let's recap. The doc, the doc said he is concerned about the sanctity of life, opens a rehab center for addicts, and at the same time he's prescribing Oxy to almost Everyone who wants it. Yeah, so he, I mean, he, yeah, exactly. He opens up an uh, addiction clinic and then supports addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, at least that's the way that it sounded like to me. Yeah, that's like a contradictory. Right. To top it off, he televised 15 abortions for the world to see. Even back then, all I can say is sick and barbaric. Yeah, what year was that? Uh, I'd be, I don't know, somewhere in the 50s, maybe 60s. Okay, yeah, because R.V. Wade wasn't until um, 1973. Say 70s, yeah. Yeah. By the late 80s, however, the bills started, bill started to pile up. There was a $41,000 tax lien against the Good Doctors Clinic. Oh, yeah, I can see that. In 2011, he reported to be well-known. Uh, he, he was reported to be well-known in Philadelphia providing abortions to poor minorities and immigrant women. 2011? Yeah. Wow. We're getting recent, trust me. Yeah. Yeah, you thought I was going to be back the back I in the long I thought you were going right? to be like 80s or 90s here. It was claimed that Gosnell charged $1,600 to $3,000 for each late-term abortion. We're going to get into that in a minute. Dr. Gosnell was also uh, advocated with, uh, associated with clinics in Delaware and Louisiana. At, uh, Atlantic Women's Services in Wilmington, Delaware was Dr. Gosnell's place of work one day, uh, about a week later. The owner of the Atlantic Women's Services, Leroy Brinkley, also owned Delta Clinic of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, and facilitated the hiring of the staff for Gosnell's operation in Philadelphia. Okay. I'm trying to follow along. Me too. (laughs) Trying to follow the bouncing ball light, but I'm full of Mexican food. I know, right? I'm just like in a food food baby going on. Jesus Christ. It was said that some of the methods that Gosnell would employ in in late term abortions were performed where things such as 
uh, cut baby spinal cords with scissors after it was born. Yeah. Or give it a high dose of a sedative to kill it. Wow. Yeah, because late-term abortion is anything like later second trimester and on. So. Correct. Well, we're going to get to some more gross shit here in a minute. Um, so here's some of the known complaints. 1989 to 1993, uh, he was cited by the Pennsylvania uh, Department of Health for having no nurses in the recovery room. Holy shit, really? Yep, 96. Uh, it says censored? Huh. Censored and fined, okay, in both Pennsylvania and New York states for employing unlicensed professionals. Personnel, sorry, personnel. Oh, shit. New York State, for, oh, I've already read that. Same line. Around 1996, pediatrician Dr. Schwartz, the former head of the Adolescent Services at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, as of 2010, and it says update on here, Philadelphia's health commissioner testified in, 20, in a 2010 hearing that around 1996 or 1997, he had hand-delivered a letter of complaint about Gosnell's practices to the Secretary of Health Office and stop referring patients to his clinic, but received no response from him. Wow. So part, part of this is Philadelphia's responsibility. Yeah, it's like the health department didn't do anything. Because there are several complaints. We're going to go over some more. 2000, a civil lawsuit was filed on the behalf of the children of Shamika Shaw. Got that one right who had called the clinic the day after an abortion to report heavy bleeding and died three days later Ooh. of a pro... Prolapse? No, pro... Uh, perf, oh, duh. Reading's hard. From a perforated urist, oh, uterus... Oh, wow. shit. ...and a bloodstream infection. The case alleged that Gosnell had failed to tell her to return to the clinic or seek emergency medical care. It was settled out of court in 2002... For $900,000. Yeah, dude. That's what they... I mean, that is like any procedure they tell you that. Exactly. exactly. I mean, it's, it's like you have it's to on sign the form. a fucking form. It's, it's on the form that they give you. Like, I've had surgery. Yeah. Me. See, and I always hate it when they give me that form because, you know, my mind always jumps to worst case scenario every time first and then I'll walk myself back. <laughs> so every time they give me that form in big capital letters, may cause death. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to die. <laughs> Not until I get life insurance. <laughs> Around 2001, Gosnell claimed to be providing children's vaccines under a program administered by the Health Department, Division of Disease Control, but was repeatedly suspended for failing to maintain logs or for storing vaccines in, in unsanitary and inappropriate refrigerators wow. and at the proper temperatures. Wow, because that's vital. It is. As a matter of fact, I know this because of the other guitar player in my band, the Twisted Blue Band. Okay. Because Dave's uh, girlfriend is a pharmacist. Okay, yeah. And being the pharmacist on duty, even if she's at home, if there's alarms on these refrigerators oh, at the yeah, pharmacy. Totally. And if they go off, if they're off like even by like a degree, yeah, I she's think it's like a two, go in. two degree plus or minus. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. She's got to fucking go in and check everything. Yeah, because they have them at the, like, the, like, uh, well, I've often mentioned my mom works, used to work in a nursing home. 
but they have them there too for the meds that if it's like even i think it's like a two degree difference plus or minus okay that and sounds then, right yeah and if it is then the alarm's just like it's like beep, beep it's loud as fuck yeah and that's that's what he was telling me because uh, i remember a couple of uh, times we were in studio where dave came in and he just looked like shit man and i'm all dude what's right oh, fuck mary was up she had to run in check the, the damn alarm kept going off or something like that like having to run in yeah they're very highly regulated yeah. highly regulated December 2001, ex-employee Marcella Chong gave the grand jury what the grand jury would later call a detailed written complaint to the Pennsylvania oh, Department wow. of State. That's an employee. Yeah, which is one of the fo- which one which she followed up with an interview in March of 2002. So she filed the complaint herself. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So the former employee also filed the complaint. Yeah. In 2006, civil, a civil lawsuit was filed by a patient but dismissed as out of time. The complaint was that Gosnell had been unable to complete an abortion but then apparently failed to ref- or, and refused to call the paramedics or other clinical emergency personnel after the patient had needed help. The patient reported, I felt like he was going to let me die. Wow. My side note. Where and why did it all change for Dr. Gosnell? Was it the money, or did he just straight out not give a shit? Yeah, makes you wonder. Because we haven't talked about anything being a catalyst of any sort here. There is no catalyst. Yeah, because... This one here... It's like he went from all these good intentions. And, you know, when we were talking about the drug addiction clinic and then prescribing the medications, I was thinking, oh, job security. He has well, an yeah. income coming in, you know what I mean? Get him addicted on one side, treat him on the other. Yeah, it's that's like a steady, I mean, he's got a, du- he's double dipping on that's them. That's cradle to grave operation right yeah. there. Yeah, but as far as everything else, because even some of the, because we used to have an abortion clinic in Forest Grove. Even some of the clinics that actively participate and perform abortions do not believe in doing late term ones. Because that is actually after the child could be very viable outside of the womb. Oh, totally. You know? So for this next part, I'm going to ask anybody who does have a bad stomach and uh, can't handle some really kind of gross stuff. Oh, great. Just kind of be aware. And, we just uh, ate, Scott. I know. This is just for you. Yeah. Barf bags for everybody. Yeah. Well, you know. The Women's Medical Society, which was his clinic, was raided on February 18th of 2010 under a search warrant by investigators from the FBI and state police. The raid was the result of a month-long investigation by the DEA, the Philadelphia Police Department, and the state's Dangerous Drug Offender Unit uh, into suspected illegal drug prescriptions used at the practice. The investigation had also revealed that the suspicious death of a patient, I'm going to mess this up, Carnamea Munger, M-O-N-G-A-R, okay. in, 20, in 2009, which had, turned, which had in turn brought the light uh, further information about the unsanitary operations, use of yeah. untrained staff, and other powerful drugs uh, without medical supervision and control. Wow. Thus, the February 2010 raid took place 
Staff from Pennsylvania Department uh, of State and the Pennsylvania Department of Health also attended as these issues were under remit. Wow. And I believe that this is a copy of some of the uh, of that statement uh, from the uh, Department of Health. Oh, okay. When the teams entered the clinic, they were appalled, describing it to the grand jury as filthy, deplorable, and disgusting, very unsanitary, very outdated, horrendous, and by far the worst that these investigators had ever experienced or encountered. Yeah, because even if you're just going to a medical clinic to begin with, I mean, the waiting rooms alone, if those aren't clean, get the fuck out. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave. But then again, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to that. Yeah, you kind of are. There's blood on the floor, a stench of urine filled the air, a flea-infested cat was wandering through the facility, and there were cat feces on the stairs. Ew! Semi-conscious women secluded, uh, uh, scheduled for abortions, were moaning in the waiting room or recovery room, where they sat on dirty recliners covered with blood-stained blankets. Ew! All the women had been sedated by unlicensed staff, Long before Gosnell arrived to the clinic. Wow. And the staff members could not accurately state what medications or doses that they had administered to the waiting patients. Oh, my God. So they're not even keeping a log? Nope. They're just saying, fuck it. Oh, my God. <laughs> which would be good if you're a junkie. Which makes it sound like some of the... Because they're not allowed to perform an abortion legally if the person isn't... Like, coherent enough. Right. Of sound mind and coherent. Exactly. You can even get a tattoo if you're high on drugs. Right. Or drunk. I know that from my tattoo guy. He told me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I take pain meds normally when I got my ankle tattoo. It was, a, it was time for my pain med dose. And the guy looked at me like I was, like, cross-eyed. I'm like, no, dude. I take it regularly. I'm just taking one. He was like, oh, okay. Well, the drunk thing is because alcohol is a blood thinner. And you yeah, that too. So many of the medications in the, in, in the inventory were past their expiration dates. Oh, my goodness. Surgical procedure rooms were filthy and unsanitary, resembling a bad gas station restroom. Uh, oh, ew. Yeah. Think about that. You ew. get surgery done. No, because I a, won't even use a gas station restroom if it's got, like, toilet paper and shit on the floor. And worst of all, <laughs> the instruments weren't even sterile. <gasps> equipment was rusty and outdated. Oxygen equipment was covered with dust and had not been inspected. The same corroded suction tubing used for abortions was the only tubing available for oral airways if assistance for breathing was needed. Fetal remains were haphazardly stored throughout the clinic in bags, milk jugs, orange juice cartons, and even in cat food containers. Gosnell admitted Detective Wood, that at least 10 to 20 percent were probably older than 24 weeks, which is the legal limit uh, that he had aborted. In some instances, surgical suction had been made at the base of the fetal skull. Oh, my goodness. No. The investigators found a row of jars containing just the severed feet of fetuses and the basement they discovered medical waste piled high. Why the severed feet, Scott? Don't know yet. <laughs> Does in- it tell you? No, I don't know. Oh, the that's in- like a foot fetish, a disgusting foot fetish. The intact 19-year-old fetus delivered by Miss Monger, the one who died three months earlier, was in a freezer. 
how how you just said nineteen month old. Nineteen weeks. Oh. I was like, that's a long gestation, Scott. She's an elephant. Leave her alone. <laughs> that's three years, but okay. In all, the remains of 45 fetuses were recovered, and at least two of them were probably, or probably three, had been viable. So they'd already been born, and he killed them. Oh, my God, no. Dossel's license to practice was suspended on February 22nd of 2010. And these and other findings were presented to the grand jury on May 4th of 2010. Public discussion focused on the claims of unsanitary conditions and other unacceptable conditions at the practice. Media reports stated that the furniture and the blankets were stained with blood, freely roaming cats depositing their feces wherever they pleased, and the non-sterile equipment that was used and reused on patients. Yeah, because a cat (laughs) will not go... Anywhere but its litter box, unless that litter box is full. Unless the whole place is its litter box. That's true, too. It's gotten used to it. According to the grand jury report, patients were given labor-inducing drugs by staff who had no medical training. Once labor began, the patient would be placed on a toilet. After the fetus fell into the toilet, it would be fished out so it wouldn't clog the plumbing. So they take it out of the toilet, okay? In the recovery room, patients were seated on dirty recliners covered in blood-stained blankets. Prosecutors alleged that Gosnell had not been certified in either gynecology or obstetrics. Thank you. The obstetrician dudes. Yeah. The grand jury estimated Gosnell's practice took in $10,000 to $15,000 a night in additional income from his exceedingly high levels of prescriptions. Oh, just the prescriptions. Yeah, man. He's like a straight-out-of-Compton drug dealer, man. Dude, straight-out-of-West Philly. That's right. Straight-out-of-West Philly, yo. <laughs> Gosnell was arrested on January 19th of 2011, just five days after the certification of the grand jury's report. So they made short work of it. Yeah. The grand jury certified that report as, as correct, and boom, he's arrested. Boom. Whoops, there it is. He was charged with eight counts of murder. Oh, wow. Prosecutors alleged that he killed seven babies that were alive by severing their spinal cords. And that's cords. just in, that they knew about. That's not even Correct. the ones from the years prior. Correct. They, that he severed their spinal cords with scissors. Mm-hmm. And then he was also responsible for the death in 2009 of Karnamaya Munger, a 41-year-old wow. refugee from Bhutan who died in his care. Gosnell's wife, Pearl, and eight other suspects were also arrested with connection to this case. Hey, at least his wife was shipping in, right? Dude, unlike shipmen from last week. Yeah. The DEA, the FBI, and the Office of the Inspector General also sought 23 counts, uh, a 23-count indictment charging Gosnell with seven members Gosnell and seven members of his former staff of drug conspiracy relating to the practices illegal prescribing of highly addictive painkillers and sedatives outside the usual course of professional practices and not for a legitimate medical purpose. You know, it makes you wonder if he just had one of those rubber stamp signature things because, you know, well, my... My um, orthopedic surgeon will actually go through and sign a bunch of prescription, pat, you know, on his pad 
at the beginning of every day and just tell his nurse what he wants to prescribe and she'll just write out the prescription. You know what I mean? That makes sense, yeah. But he's there to like, this is what I wanted to say. You know what I mean? So he still supervises it. I'm just wondering if he didn't supervise it, that somebody came in and said they wanted something, the nurses just like wrote out a prescription. He had the signed pads already. Yeah, hey, as long as he was getting the money for it. Yeah, who gives a fuck who writes it, right? There were seven first-degree murder charges for the babies that were killed. Former staff even testified that they had seen the babies cry and move, and it was determined that lethal action was taken to end the lives of those viable babies. Yeah. So with that, let's not forget about what they called the pill mill that Gosnell and his associates were running. Getting yeah. rid of the dope, right? Yeah, because he's got two ends her. here. Yeah. He was writing uh, you know, prescriptions for highly addictive drugs like Percocet, Xanax, Oxycontin, and so much more. Dude, I wish I knew him back in the day. <laughs> it was found his prescriptions had gone from several hundred a month to over 2,500 <gasps> a month in December of 2010. Now, here we go. That's a lot of fucking prescriptions for pain meds, dude. Gosnell's attorney. Oh, shit. Now you guys are going to see me on my fucking soapbox again. I was going to say, here we go, because we hate it when we hate defense attorneys in these cases. Gosnell's lawyers state that everybody made him the butcher that he. uh, I'm sorry. Everybody made him the butcher. This, that and the other thing without any trial. Without any being... Yeah, trial by media, right? But being exposed to the public, and everybody found him guilty. That's not right. He accused the government of a lynching and stated that this is targeted, elitist and racist prosecution of the doctor who's done nothing but give back to the poor people of West Philadelphia. And here's my side note. Are you ready for it? It was West Philadelphia. Born and raised. Here's my side note. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. A lynching and racist. These are terms that I find that that I find get used a lot by those of color to take away from the wrong that they have done. Yeah. I'm not being racist by 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 the way. No. I'm being fucking real. There there was nothing racist about this at all. This is this was a case of Gosnell murdering babies, living babies. We're not talking about a legal abortion, but babies that had already been born. Yeah, that were moving, crying, breathing. Then there's the proof of him basically selling prescription drugs. I want to also say, give back? No. You were taking at the end. You may have started giving back, but Gosnell became nothing but a glorified drug dealer and a fucking child killer. Yeah, with a license to do it. With a license to do it. See, and... And see, that bothers me, too, because don't get me wrong. Racism is out there. It is. Racism is fucking out there. I've seen it. I've been, I mean, I've witnessed it firsthand. I grew up in a multicultural family. However, don't play the race card when you're fucking up. Because I'm sorry. I don't care if you're white, black, brown, yellow, purple, green. Exactly. But I hear this so much. If they would have done that. Fucking throw the book at them. But I hear it so much. It's, it's people of I do, color. too. I, I hear, do, too. This is racism. No, it isn't. You're a fucking criminal. That's what the fuck you are. This had nothing to do with fucking racism. It had nothing no. to do with, with, you know, with a lynching or, or, hey, we're just targeting you. It has to do with that you committed 
fucking murders, jackass. And you're yeah. fucking selling dope, legal dope, to the people that you say that you're going to fucking help? Okay. That's what you're doing, and you want to call it racism? Yeah. You, sir, you, Dr. Gosnell, are a piece of garbage. That's what the hell you are. Go- sir? Sir? Sorry, getting pissed? <laughs> you're at 11 right now. Well, and, and here's why, here's no. why. Because I've said many times before... I am a junkie, okay? Yes. I'm just a junkie who doesn't use I've been clean right. for 19 years, but I'm mm-hmm. still always going to be a junkie. And what this cocksucker did, this rotten piece of shit, is he's, he's getting the junkies and saying, hey, let me help you out. Oh, but you want Percocet? Well, it's not heroin. Here you go. You want some Xanax? Here you go. Oh, you want this to make you feel good, this little pill to get high? Yeah. Here you go. But kick me some money. Okay. That's what the fuck he's doing. Well, and I'm going to equate this to something else here. You can't get clean with pieces like shit like this. No, you can't get clean when world. the person who's trying to help you get clean is also your fucking drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. And that's what pissed but, me off when I fucking read that. Yeah, but I'm going to take this to another level. Let me compare it to this. Nobody said that we were fucking, and I can't remember his name right now and it's fucking killing me, the guy, the doctor that killed Michael Jackson. Nobody once said in the media that it was a racist thing, that they were targeting him because he was black, because he he killed a black man. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. Some of these patients that you've mentioned are people of different ethnicities. Right. You've got the one that's from, what was it, Bala? Yeah. And you've got, you know, these are immigrants, and it specifically said that he treated... Poverty-stricken, low-income exactly. people of color and, and, and immigrants. So therefore, how is it? Because if we didn't freaking call this guy that killed Michael Jackson a fucking pops, he was the king of pop. He was you Michael know? Jackson. Don't get me started on no, him. No, but you know what I mean? I don't think I'm it's just, right for a grown man to want a little boy to sleep in his no, bed. No, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about his celebrity status. Okay. Okay. He kills this man and not nothing is said about the doctor being black. Not one thing was said. It was all about how this doctor killed this man. Right, and that's the way that it should be. Exactly. I don't give a shit what color you are. If you're killing somebody, you need to be prosecuted. Yeah, you need to. I don't give a shit. Like I said, I don't care. Black, white, brown, yellow, purple, green. You know, if you're a fucking Martian from Mars. If you are killing people, I don't care. You need to be prosecuted. There should be no exceptions to the rule. No, and I, I totally agree. Yeah, none. You know, fair is fair. Yeah, and Across I know I'm getting God on my board. soapbox too because, because, like I said, I myself have never been a victim of racism. I can't say that. But I have seen it firsthand because of my family members. And it disgusts me. Because I thought I would think that in our day and age, we would be past all that. We're not. It's We're not. It used, it, both sides use racism, okay? Yes. The white people that are racist sit there and go, oh, freaking, and I can't say what I would normally say. We'll just say N-word or whatever. You know, they, they make the racist slurs. And then they do. First, you got the, 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 especially the black population that when they get caught for a crime, will turn around and go, this is racist. You're only arresting me because I'm black. No, getting arrested. Because you committed a crime. Because you committed a crime. Right. You know, I would get arrested. If I was to rob a liquor store, guess what? My fat ass is going to get arrested. Yeah. And I'm very white. <laughs> yeah. I'm I very, need sunglasses over here, but you know. Much like your nephew is hella Asian, <laughs> yeah, I'm hella dude. Caucasian. I mean, and I love <laughs> I love my nephew to death. He is just fucking adorable. I love him too, man. He'll fix my phone if it breaks. <laughs> See, I laugh about that because I can. Um, no, I've, I've 
you know, and the sad part is, is yes, I'm very white. I was married to Korean. My stepdad's Korean. I mean, my ex-stepdad's Korean. My brother's half Korean. My son is half Korean. My, my nephew is hella Korean. He's the phone fixer. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I made, I used to make some fight. I mean, not like downright racist where I called them by the derogatory names. Right. Right. But I remember one time, and I'll tell this joke. I don't give shit. We were at this, like, uh, like a nursery type thing, getting trees. And we saw these really short, like, um, not the maple trees, but I think it was a lilac bush or something, right? And the guy goes, yeah, those are American lilac and those are Korean. I said, what's the difference? And he goes, well, the Korean ones are shorter. And I said, oh, just like real life. And, and he fixed your phone. No, and he looked at me. I mean, he literally looked at me like, what the fuck? I said, I can say that. My husband's Korean, you know? But, you know, so it comes down to things like that. But, you know, that all said and done, my husband wasn't out there fucking killing people. Well, exactly. You know, so we'll get back on topic because I got some examples of uh, some of the things that were released in the media. There's fun kind of sort of racism stuff. And then there's inappropriate stuff like my first ex-wife, Maritza. Yeah. Who I love to death. I will call her up and go, Maritza. This is the INS. I'm going to send you back to Mexico City. And she was born here in Los yeah. Angeles. Well, not here because we're not in L.A., but she was born in L.A. You know, uh, or else, <laughs> what, what was it? I said, yeah, if I ever smack your ass, I want you to look over your shoulder and go, oh, Mr. Scott, I do your laundry. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking stupid. <laughs> Did you want some, some, some oranges? <laughs> housekeeping. Yeah, housekeeping. <laughs> no, I mean. But it's a, it's a joke between yeah. her and I. Well, no, and not just that, because I've told you the story before, too, that I have an uncle who would sit there and call my, my brother, who his, his nephew, derogatory names. You know, he would give him the worst derogatory name that you could call a Korean. And I'm not even going to say the one words because they fucking disgust me. Don't tell me it's something like phone destroyer. No. Like he can't fix the phone? Okay, I will say this. Okay, I will tell you this because it's a big thing with me. Is people have a tendency to call Koreans the G word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay? However, if you want to get technical about it, and I've told you this before, the Korean word for Korean is Hanguk, which is why they use that word. Yeah, it makes okay. sense. Yeah, I remember that. However, the Korean word for American is Miguk. <laughs> so you know what? We all are. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what, I mean, I straight up, my uncle used to abuse me on a regular basis. But he said that one time. I mean, he called my brother the G word. And I looked at him and I said that. And I just straight up just mouthed off to him. And I knew the backhand was coming. And I took it with pride. You know. Oh man! So me gook, you gook, everybody gook. Yeah, exactly. but nobody fixed phone except for your nephew. <laughs> you know what? When you want your phone fixed, you better fucking call. I told you that's why you need to be friends with me for the rest of your life. Tell you, man, my electronics. <laughs> I got laptops and computers. <laughs> All right, so let's get back on track, boys and girls. Here's some examples of uh, some of the cases that were cited by the media. Okay. A 15-year-old girl, accompanied by a relative in 1998, said said to have told Doctor. <coughs> Gosnell, she was changed, that she changed her mind about the abortion once she was inside of the of the clinic. I would have too. Yeah. Well, yeah. If I saw that stuff, I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm done. 
Gosnell apparently got so upset he ripped off the patient's clothes and forcibly restrained her. The patient later stated that Gosnell told her, this is the same kind of care that I would give my own daughter. So he basically raped her. No. No, but, you know, held her down, forced her down, you know. She regained consciousness 12 hours later at her aunt's home, the abortion having been completed against her will. Wow. See, and that's why I re- equated it to rape. No, no, okay, makes you know, sense. He ripped off her clothes. He held her down. He strapped her down. He violated her because she didn't want the procedure. You know? And so, to me, that's something that she didn't want to happen. I just, I don't know. I'm sick. I'm just sick right now. I want to kick his ass. And normally, I don't get as fucking heated as you do, but I'm almost to it. 12. <laughs> A woman aged 28, five months pregnant in 2001. Patient described the pain of four days, uh, at, pain after four days after her abortion as being so bad that she could barely walk. The patient described that upon returning to the clinic because of the pain, uh, the ultrasound showed that fetal remains were left inside of her womb. So he didn't even do a DNC to clean her out. Correct. Oh and that God. Gosnell suctioned these out without any anesthesia. Oh, my I was just laying there on the table and crying and just asking the Lord to get me through it, was her quote. See, and okay. But doesn't give her a name. I will, I will get on a personal level here because I had to have a DNC when I was having my female issues. Um, and, you know, it wasn't because I had a miscarriage or anything like that. Well, you didn't do it for fun. Well, no, I didn't have a miscarriage, but I ha- I, it was a procedure I had to do. And a DNC, they will give you sedatives because... Despite anything, it is painful as fuck because they so. go in and scrape your uterus. Yeah, I it's. Just, I mean, it's not just a suction. It's just. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. A 15 year old girl, and this one's undated. Damages were awarded in court upon finding that Gosnell performed an abortion on a 15 year old without parental permission. Oh my good god, no! So she just came in and said, "Here it is." Then, of course, we have. Karnamaya Munger, a 41-year-old refugee from Bhutan in 2009. According to prosecutors, Gosnell's staff gave the 90-pound woman a lethal dose of anesthesia and painkillers during a 2009 abortion. This is an adult whose death is charged as as third-degree murder. Third? Yep, third-degree murder. Degree. I know, but third-degree murder? During Gosnell's trial, a toxicologist testified to unsafe levels of the drug, and the chair of anesthesiology at the University of Pittsburgh Medical School testified that the dose received by, by her was outrageous, and most average adults would have stopped breathing if the dose, <clears throat> if the do, if the dose in the manner it was prescribed. Gosnell's wow. lawyer asserted that Karnamaya Monger also had other drugs in her system that did not come from Gosnell's, Gosnell's clinic and that none of the infants, Prove it. infants were born alive. Prove it. And here's my statement for that, because all mine are in red. I was going to say, well, of course Because I'm becoming are. more and more accurate, so I can fucking know where I'm Well, and not just that, red for anger right now. Okay, so keep it out of nine. Fine. If you can. I am. Okay. This was an obvious lie yeah. by his attorney. There was proof that some of these babies were already born when he killed them. 
There were freaking surgical marks on the base of their skulls, for example. Oh, but wait, I guess with with actually having proof, that makes the prosecution a racist. Yeah. Because they have proof. So there was a state of Pennsylvania at the time. Uh, Where was the state of Pennsylvania at the time when all this was going on before Gosnell got caught? They'd received several complaints about the conditions of the clinic, as well as the treatment of the patients. And they chose to do nothing at all. Right, because that one guy hand-delivered a letter to them, what, back in the 80s, it Uh said? And nothing was done. So they're obviously getting, you know, everything. So why are they not doing anything? That's what I want to know. Why? Why did you not do anything? Well, this is another great example of how the poor complain. When, When the poor complain, they typically get pushed to the side. After all... The poor can't give as much as the rich can to politicians, can they? And political you know, campaigns. That's, that is probably one of the major reasons. It's because it was a clinic in a poverty-stricken neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. so, so basically, and I said this before, and it disgusts me when they say it, disposable people. And I actually did put, yes, I meant that. Yeah. We live in a world that seems to dismiss people based on their income level. Yes, Don't believe we me? Do. If you're poor, call the cops. Because someone stole stole from you, they'll take your report. But more than likely, they're not going to do mu- much about it. I but, promise you. And if you live in the right neighborhood and call the cops about a, a robbery, they'll jump to it quickly. Right. I mean, and, and I've seen that make, in my own life, by the way. And yeah. I've seen both sides of that fence. Yeah. Let's being poor let's and not being even rich. bring up the fact. And I know you don't know the reference I'm going to make here because you don't listen to the same kind of music I do. But. Um, a uh, public enemy wrote and performed a song called 911's A Joke in Your Town. Now, I'm sorry. I know that people make fun of it and say, oh, it's a funny song. No, it is a political statement because it's fucking true. It's been proven that if you are in a poverty-stricken neighborhood, you can be shot and call 911 to say, I've been shot, blah, blah, blah. It'll take them two hours to fucking get to you. Yeah, because you're poor. Yeah. And you know, and you probably can't even pay for the amb- ambulance ride. Yeah, well, you know what? That's why they say in fucking hospitals, doesn't <laughs> matter what your fucking income is or your insurance, they fucking treat you. Uh-huh. I'm uh, just, oh my God, I'm disgusted. So let's go on to the grand jury report. The grand jury published its 280-page tw- report oh, in, fuck. in January of 2011. It stated that, and I'm not going to read all 280 pages. No, please don't. We don't have that much time. Because we'll get halfway through. Okay, part 304. (laughs) And it'll be all that legalese that we don't like. Yeah. (laughs) While while some might see it as an issue case uh, through the lens of pro or anti-abortion politics, it it wasn't in reality what it was. Not about, oh, wait a minute. What it was in reality? Okay. Not about, it wasn't about controversy. It was about the disregard of law and disdain for human life and the health of mothers and infants. And the sanitary and, oh my God. We find common ground in exposing what happened here and in recommending measures to prevent anything like this from ever happening, happening again. The grand jury concluded that the practice was a corrupt organization within the within the meaning of racketeering law. Uh, oh, the, uh, so. so basically you got charged with racketeering as well. Yeah. Uh, based upon what it considered evidence of deliberate standard use of bogus doctors, falsification of records, 
glossy, unprofessional procedures, or grossly uh, unprofessional procedures, with little or no regard for human life, and flagrant disregard for medical and abortion laws, and there were consequences. And their consequences. I was going to say there are laws for a reason. And so, was he charged in federal court for the Ricos? I believe so. Okay. Uh, key, key findings included, and it says practice, condition, and procedures. Okay. They found, like I said, extreme unsanitary conditions, including STDs, septic, unsterile oh my God. conditions, blood and animal feces and urine and other noxious fluids and waste and month-old field remains stored in jars, bags, and jugs. In 2013, the trial heard that Gosnell had also been in a dispute with his medical waste company with a with the latter stopping their services to him altogether. Which is probably why they were in fucking milk cartons and orange juice cartons and everything. But there's a fucking procedure to dispose of this. Correct. For medical waste. They actually incinerate it. And they're making 10 to 15 grand a night and he can't fucking pay up? Yeah, dude. What the fuck? Be a smart dope dealer. Greedy. Surgical malpractice including performing a bodily... Including the preformation of bodily organs, and on at least two occasions, death. I, I still want to know why he had the feet s- severed and separate. I don't know. Maybe That's just fucking... I know, I said it was a, a sick foot fetish. foot fetish. That is fucking disgusting. You're and, dismembering these, these babies. Improper equipment and usage, including repeated reuse over and over of disposable supplies and generally broken life-saving oh. monitoring equipment including blood pressure monitoring, uh, oximeters, and defibrillators. Oh, my God. You make me never want to fucking go to the doctor again. Padlocked emergency access and exit routes. Lack of properly... Are you kidding me? Nope. Lack of properly trained staff, quote, bogus doctors, unqualified, unlicensed, unsupervised staff who misrepresented themselves to patients as qualified licensed clinicians and no qualified nurses. The jury reported... That most of Gosnell's employees who worked with patients had little or no remotely relevant training or education. Ex-employee Marcella Chong, who in 2001 and, and at an interview in 2002, gave a detailed written complaint to Pennsylvania Department, State Department testifying that her training for anesthesia consisted of a 15-minute description by Gosnell and reading a chart he had posted in the cabinet. Okay, you know, and I wouldn't, I don't care if he's a fucking abortion doctor or not. The fact that he had unsanitary clinic and using unsanitary instruments, reusing instruments that are disposable, oh, yeah. which are disposable for a fucking reason. <coughs> he should have been, I mean, char- those churches alone. You oh know? yeah, well, and and here's kind of what gets me. I, from what it was explained to me, when the anesthesia, when when you get ready to have a surgery and you get your anesthesiologist, oh yeah, they bring you close to death. Oh, very much so. That way I they're, mean, they're barely you are barely fucking breathing. Right, and and the reason for that is that way there it slows blood. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's less it of a chance. Slows your heart rate. Yeah, you know, and keeps there's less you of a calm. chance of you waking up. Yeah, you know what have not. Like, when I had testicular torsion, my anesthesiologist, shout out to Randy. If I knew his last name, I'd give his last name, too, because this man was amazing. Yes. Like, okay, quick story, then I'll get into my rest of my spiel. When I had it, 
the nurses and everything were kind of standoffish, kind of dicks, and I was in pain. And here comes Randy. He goes, Scott, how's it going? My name's Randy. I'm your anesthesiologist. Buddy, buddy, I'm here to help you. What's your pain level? One to ten. I said, man, I'm hurting bad. So I figured so. You have testicular torsion. Tell you what. And he grabs a needle, puts it into my IV line. He goes, I want you to count back from ten. You tell me when that pain stops. So ten, no. Yeah. Goes, oh, you're not feeling nothing. No, I feel crazy. Here's what we're going to do, man. Anytime you even feel a twinge of pain, you push that little button, I'm going to come running. Well, it started wearing off, and I'm not shooting you. I hit the button. It was like he materialized like a magician. <laughs> Poof! It's Randy like time. Like he was fucking beaming in like by Scotty. Huh? Oh, it was great. He's like, no problem, Scotty. I got you covered. And Adam he pulls, pulls his knee along. Mm-hmm. He goes, okay, we're getting ready to go into the ER. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you close to death, but I promise you, buddy, you're not going to die, and I'm going to be there when you wake up. Can you do that for me? I said, yeah, I can do that, Ray. All right, remember, man, same team, man, same team, right? It was the same team. We fist bumped. <laughs> you're out of it. Same team. Yeah, same team, man. It yeah, was I wish bump. I had an anesthesiologist like that, but no, I mean, mine have all been great. I've, I mean, I've had fucking nine, sur- nine surgery. Oh, he procedures. was knocking me out on the way to the ER. Oh, and- yeah, with Versed. And mine, mine, I still wasn't out when I got to the ER. And the doctor's like, is he ready? He's like, him, Scotty, you're not ready, are you? No, man, he ain't ready. Give me time. My brother here got to go down, man. Just <laughs> yeah. give me time. Yeah, no. You know, it's me. He, he doctor, Doc, it's me and Scotty time right now. He's like, no, man, I got you. You don't worry. We can get you through this. And that's all I remember. Yeah, no, because they give me Versed, which is a, I mean, which is often used as a date break drug because you don't remember shit, you know. But um, so every time I go in there, it's like I look at him and said, you know, I want that. I and now I know what the name of it is, but I go, can I get some Versed? And they go, I have to, I have to wait until the doctor comes in and marks you because you know they have to mark the shoulder and everything that they're gonna do because of you know. Those stupid doctors out there that fucking take out the wrong kidney. <laughs> you know, so it's like as soon as he marked, as soon as he writes that mark, I will pump you with Versed. And I don't even remember leaving the pre-op room. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Randy yeah. was awesome. And he was there when I woke up. Oh, that's awesome. He was just amazing. This man here. Dude, I'm telling you, I wish he was my doctor. This guy was the best anesthesiologist I've ever had. <laughs> what clinic? What, I mean, what hospital? Uh, I think it's called St. Francis or something like that. It's in Tacoma. Oh, okay. Because when, when I had it, I was driving over the road. Right. The scales were still open there. Right. You they, were telling they're, me they're about closed that. Closed down. No, yeah. And I, I stopped there for the next. I had to deliver to Tacoma, and I woke up in that pain and you know, blood and all kinds of stuff. So they took me to the fucking. Well, okay. So yeah, you called the ambulance, didn't you? you yeah. Called nine one one. Yeah. And they took me to the hospital. Gosnell himself. <clears throat> now that we're back on track. Yeah. Right was largely absent and left the clinic to operate... put this over here, sorry. Uh, left the clinic to be operated by his unqualified employees, whom he sometimes ordered to perform medical actions, even if they protested that they were unqualified. Employees yeah. testified that they had, had to rely on themselves, as Gosnell disliked it when, when workers disrupted him by calling him for medic for medication advice dude you're a fucking doctor and it's your clinic but your guys your your untrained staff can't call you and say hey yeah dude you don't have they don't have medical licenses you know you do right 
offensive laws intended for safeguard. Okay, well, we'll I, I'm going to skip some of these only because they're just redundant. Um, right. Willful noncompliance with laws intended to safeguard vulnerable women, including noncompliance with requirements of mandatory counseling, consent for minors, waiting periods between visit, visit, visiting and surgery. Uh, fraudulent temporary employment of a nurse for four days during uh, NAF inspection. What's NAF? I don't know what that one is. Yeah, me neither. With the aim of deceiving the inspector, uh, inspectors into believing that his practice staff included a licensed registered nurse, which it did not. Over, a few, over the few days of their on-site review, the nurse resigned upon realizing the fraud, which also involved Gosnell taking her paycheck back afterwards and paying her in cash instead. NAF is uh, non-added formaldehyde. I don't know why that would um, be. Inspection. Okay. Yeah, it's for laboratories and shit like that. It said NAF inspection. So weird. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a, a list, and I've, I've sent them all over to you for the thing. Okay. Government and third-party handling. This is the next section of this grand jury indictment. Um, Gossel's practices was, were caught by accident during a raid for illegal drug prescribing. The state of officials had been invited to attend the raid as well. Since preparation for the drug raid was uh, revealed, prior reports and information suggesting grossly substandard practices. Oh, it's the National conditions. Abortion Federation. Sorry. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Huh? Yeah. At the clinic. And there's a, there, there's a list. I, I, I'm looking at the list, and we can read about this forever. Well, and um, I mean, I, I can put it on the blog. Is that a, okay? That's the, the next door neighbor's dog. I was going to say, did I just hear a dog? You did. Because mine's over here dead. <laughs> so my side note here says, I'd be willing to bet that two things are true with this and were not mentioned. One, I bet that there was some bribe money involved. That's how he got away for so long. Probably. And two, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been ignored had it been happening to those who weren't poor. Yeah, the affluent areas. Right. Yeah. I mean, because they have, regu- I mean, they have regulations for everything in the medical industry. Nursing. I mean, my mom's facility had state surveyors come in once a year to go over all their medical records. As they I should. Mean, everything. Made sure, you know, all the documentation wasn't checked. They would talk to patients to make sure that they were being taken care of properly. And everything, and they would get uh, tags, and it was on a scale or whatever, an F tag or higher, you know, or whatever was like, I mean, they even got an I tag one time, which is immediate shutdown, you know. Do we have another one of these? And then, um, you know what I mean? So it was like all that bullshit. So that's what it boils down to. It's like, you know, so they had, and then if you get a tag, if they got a tag that, said that they were not, you know, non-compliant or whatever in a certain area. They had so much time before they had to give a written report about what changes they were going to implement to take care of that. Which is just why they should. Yeah, and then they had a certain amount of time to show that they had ta- they had started taking care of it, not just said how they were planning on it. Because in any in any medical facility, I'll tell you what. 
the the nurse's health while she's at work doesn't mean shit. The doctor's doesn't mean shit. You know what it does? The fucking patient. Precisely. And now you're talking an abortion clinic where these are expectant mothers who have chosen to get an abortion. And right. some of them even being children like the 15-year-old girl. Right. And, and you're not caring about their second. safety? Right. Their basic fucking safety and health? Yeah. That's disgusting. See, I was going to get into that in a minute because, I mean, a little self-disclosure here. When I was 16, I wanted to go get on the pill. But back in the late 80s, early 90s, depending on where you went, you had to get, you had to have written permission at least from a guardian. Just dump the coffee in. You know what I mean? And so I actually forged my aunt's signature to get the (laughs) pill because I didn't want them to know I was getting on the pill. (laughs) You know? Right. And that's just the pill. You have to fucking have written permission at the least to get a fucking piercing. Yeah. You know? And for a guy to perform an abortion, which is a surgical procedure on a minor without at least written permission from a guardian, parent or guardian, is asinine. I I agree. I totally agree. I think that they should carry the death penalty, but in Pennsylvania, apparently they don't have the death penalty. Oh, my God. On May 15th of 2015, Gosnell was sentenced to life in prison without parole. And that's really all I have to say on this guy. Because seriously, and I actually wrote this, he fucking disgusts me. Yeah, I, you know, I'm disgusted on every level and not just by the abortions, which the late term abortions, I do not agree with. You know what I'm hoping Period. If, if you look at a picture of Gosnell, he's up there in age right now. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm really hoping that in prison, somebody grabs you and seriously ass rapes you. I hope your asshole gets torn. <laughs> You get bled out and have your fucking body oh, just please, God, don't let us lose listeners over this. No, he's a fucking piece of garbage. No, no, and I agree. He is. And I'm, and I'll, I'll I mean, throw if this we out. said this about fucking even people who aren't in the medical field, Ramoka, right. white as fuck, hate her, hate her, no, hate totally. her. Kermit is just another piece. There, there's some of our serial killers we've done. I can kind of relate to. I go, you know what? I see a catalyst. You know, this is yeah. They did this, but it's kind right. of not their I fault. I am not understanding why he did this. Money. And he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he it, doesn't give I two mean, fucks. Yeah, about, a, about the same fucking people he grew up with. By the way, the yeah. same fucking neighborhood. He's doing this to his own people that he was actually fucking raised with. Sir. What? Sir. You're at a nine right now. No, you're at a fucking twelve. Can you bring it down to at least a ten? I just I can't imagine doing no. this to the people that I you can't were raised either. with. Well, and not just that is you know if you come, I mean if you were raised in that neighborhood or even in that area, you know how poverty stricken it is. You get yourself up out of that poverty <laughs> to make a difference. You start giving the illusion. That's all I'm going to say here about. That you are helping these people that are in these poverty neighborhoods that can't get the help otherwise, yet you're turning around and doing this. Right. You're fucking unsanitary. That's what's getting me right now. The unsanitary medical condition. I think that was the big one for me and the unlicensed yeah. staff. And I'll tell you what. Yeah, that okay. too. Let's say that we take the unsanitary off the yeah. table. Well, and let's take the abortions off the table. <clears throat> okay. Hear me out here. Let's keep the abortions in just for the sake of this. Okay. Because I am pro, I'm pro-choice. Okay. You know. Um, but are you pro-choice late term? No. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Because I think that there's a difference, and this is just my own thing. People can disagree. There's a difference between just a cluster of cells and a viable life, like a, an actual. A heartbeat. A heartbeat and yeah. stuff like that. So, 
let's say he's given abortions at his abortion clinic, and maybe he's making a little money on the side selling some dope. Yeah. But his place is clean. He does what he's supposed to do medically. Yeah, he's following all the guidelines. Yes, yeah, all he the regulations. Have, like, fucking cats shitting everywhere. Yeah. Well, why like do they that. have a fucking cat in a medical clinic like um, that anyway? You know, his place is pretty sterile. Yeah. And all in all, his you know his, his patients are leaving healthy. Right. Okay, and they have problems. And oh, maybe, let's just say he's a good guy, and they call him up. And say, Doc, I'm in pain. This is two days after the abortion. Right. You know, I'm not going to make it to my appointment tomorrow. Can I come in to see you? And right. he helps him out. You know what? I'd be like, hey, the dude just tried to fucking sell some dope. You know, eh, it just is what it is. He, yeah. he, he went for the money, you know, and I'd be like, I can't fault him for that because the, 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 mon- the money got him. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Let's say that maybe he wasn't exactly the most sterile place. He wasn't reused anything, but maybe his place is just, it it could have been more top notch. And he was off on one or two little things. I would have said, okay, you know what? Shit kind of happens. Yeah. Uh, It's not acceptable, but shit kind of happens. Right. This motherfucker went above and beyond to be filthy, unhealthy, spread disease, is what he did. Yeah. I mean, he was. And endanger the life of your patients. Yeah. He not only spread disease by possibly passing along STDs, he spread the disease where he was literally opening his patients up for sepsis, which can be deadly if it's not caught in time. It can be deadly, period. Um, I actually got a story about that. I'm dropping things. Sorry. Clearing off. Sorry. Intern can get us some coffee. Um. So I had cellulitis in my left leg. Right. And I got bored. Okay. So I called my doctor and I talked to the nurse. Hey, I just need a note to go back to work. She says, no problem, Scott. I'll send it right over to your work. And she did. But then I get to work and said, hey, we need a different kind. We need one that says you can return back to any kind of manual labor. Okay. I said, All right. No problem. So I called back up. She said, I'm glad you called. Doctor wants to see you first. Yeah. Well, this is going to be good news. So I go in. He looks at my leg and goes, uh, No. I go, why? He goes, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go back to work, and you're going to get just a little piece of, of dirt in there. Oh, yeah. And it's going to go septic. And you know how we take care of that, Scott? And I said, well, no, I don't, because I didn't. He goes, we start chopping your leg off, buddy, and we cut it off until we get ahead of yeah. the infection. Well, and that's necro- necroti- necrotizing. Yeah, necrotizing ne- fasciitis is what it's called. Yeah. It's called the flesh-eating disease. Um, but they also have sepsis, which is an infection in your bloodstream. And I mean, my dad died of sepsis, but I understand why. And then my, I have a really good friend, not my best friend, but a really good friend who her mom died of sepsis shortly after having a surgery, you know, cause she had cancer. And so she had a lot of going, going on in her body, but she had, I think gallbladder surgery or something like that. I can't remember. And she got out of, she was in intensive care, I mean, in the recovery room, and they're like, her temperature's not coming down. Her heart rate's not, you know. Right. And so they sent her straight to ICU, and she <laughs> died two days later. Well, I, I will tell you while writing this, uh, my friend Dawn sends me a text message. And I had mentioned, look, I'm finishing up something on Kermit Goss. So she's Kermit? Like, Kermit the Frog? And I was so engrossed, this is so pissed. I was pissed at her. Oh, wow. So I sent her back some negative ones. Oh, poor I was, lady. I was pissed. Did you say sorry later? 
No, I haven't even said sorry yet. I probably should. That's probably why she's texting you five times a day, Dick. No, that's exactly why she's texting me. <laughs> I she's know. You know what? I told you. Didn't I tell you? I told you. I don't hide that stuff. Anywho, it's been a rock and rodeo. Um, <laughs> I have nothing else to add to this piece of waste. Yeah, I just, I'm just disgusted. Like I said, I will, I will even take the the abortions off the fucking table and pretend like it wasn't even part of our fucking series for that reason. The disgusting, fucking unsanitary, unlicensed medical professionals, pill mill motherfucker. And, and yeah. I don't usually say this shit on this show. I know, I'm the one who cusses all the damn time. Yeah. You go, girl. Fucking disgusts me. Because we already have an opioid crisis in this na- nation anyways. People are over-prescribing medications in this nation anyways. There are those of us who need fucking pain meds who can't get them because these motherfuckers are out there doing this. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. I'm done exactly. saying it. But no, I, I mean... My family physician, before he fucking retired, I have his home phone number on my phone because he would be like, you know, Tammy, because he knows how I get, you know, mm-hmm. he goes, you know, I know. And instead of calling the fucking after hours, and he didn't say fucking, but instead of calling the after hours number and going through to get whoever's on call who doesn't know what's going on, here's my home phone number because he knew I would only use it if I needed to. Oh, totally. You know, but still, it's like, that's the kind of doctor I want. I don't want some guy out there just passing me through like I'm a fucking conveyor belt, a factory. Uh Uh-oh, we got to start this over again. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I did that on purpose because you're already wound up. I am very wound up. But no, and that's all I'm saying. It's like I don't want a doctor for any fucking purposes treating me like I am just another fucking number (coughs) on a conveyor belt in a factory. The thing is, is that Kermit didn't even... Treat them like they were just a number. He treated them that they like were they no- were garbage. Yeah, like they yeah, like he picked them out of the out of a dumpster, no better. Oh my god! And then just put them in a dumpster. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's worse than the serial killers that leave leave these fucking. I mean, mur- brutally mutilate these people and leave them on the side of the road. Yeah, at least there's an end for them. Yeah. Just saying. Oh my god! I'm just. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't have done him. <laughs> I'm so disgusted. Yeah. He, oh, he wasn't even in my queue. He was on the priority list. Anyway, this has been Brutal Nation. Remember that you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And if you're going to buy anything from Amazon, please click on the link provided on our page because it helps out the show and it doesn't cost you anything extra. This show is copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.